0: Welcome to Revenue
2: Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week we're going to talk about using MarTech tools and strategies to put more money in your business's pockets. Joining us today is Brandy Starr and Mike Geller, who are respectively the COO and President and CTO of Tegrita, which is a full-service MarTech consulting firm that enables digital marketing strategy with technology. Tegrida's remote team of experienced and innovative consultants specialize in marketing automation to support growth-minded organizations who want their growth strategies brought to life through marketing automation. So far this week, Mike Brandy and I have talked about how to use MarTech as a revenue engine, how to get your data to flow from end to end and create a unified source of your customer's view for all teams from marketing all the way down to customer service. And yesterday we talked about how to do a MarTech audit, how to understand and catalog and identify your team's sediment and score for the technology you're using. Today we're going to talk about identifying gaps and overlap in your MarTech stack. All right, here's the third part of my conversation with Brandy Starr and Mike Geller from Tegrita. Brandy, Mike, happy hump day and welcome back to the MarTech podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're halfway through the week and we're talking a little bit about understanding where are the holes in your MarTech stack and... I'm just going to assume that if there's a hole in your MarTech stack, it just means that you have lots of manual processes. Obviously, I'm going to oversimplify here. How do you figure out where the gaps are in your technology stack that are killing your revenue opportunities?
1: Right. So you have your audit, you have your results, and you know the technology that performs well and technology that performs poorly and whether or not people love it or not. And once you have that, you can then categorize the technology into different groups and see essentially how they connect. So, from a sort of obvious example, you can have a market automation system, you can have a CRM system, and the connection would be are they integrated or not? And if they are not integrated, well, that is an obvious gap and kind of ask the questions of well, why isn't it the case? Is it because they're not compatible? Is it because of some other reason? Is it because You have a sales team that doesn't actually use the CRM. And so the reason to integrate wasn't there.
2: So, Mike, you're talking about identifying the gaps in the MarTech stack. And part of it is understanding the data flow. And you're talking about the example where having a marketing automation tool and a CRM independently don't necessarily mean that you don't have a gap. It's about creating the connection point between the two. So is the idea here when you're trying to identify the gap between your platforms is, is the data flowing from one platform to the next? And are you creating sort of a slope of data where it can flow downhill and start to pick up incremental value over time? Is identifying and evaluating your MarTech stack simply just about the flow of data? Or is there something else that you're looking at to figure out where the gaps are?
1: Well, the flow of data is definitely a large part of it. And you can have data flow from one system to another and still have a gap. So most marketing automation systems are integrated with CRM. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there is, say, contextual information in the CRM that the marketing automation system is able to derive. Like what sort of activity are they doing on the website? What sort of emails are they opening and responding? You know, that information exists but it may not be presented and or made available to the people using the CRM tool. So you have a gap here that's really probably more of a process than a technology gap where the technology is not being used to its full potential to support a wider data flow, sending more information from one system to another. And that's simply one example.
2: So I understand that there's the idea that you're not only trying to get your data to flow from one system to the next, but you're also trying to identify what the processes are. And so to me, I'm making the assumption here that when you're trying to understand when there are gaps in your MarTech system, you're looking at primarily two things. Where are the manual processes that you can help automate and use technology to make your team have to do less manual work. And the second part is when you're creating data, how is that data being passed from one system to the next? Are there any other facets of MarTech technology and your MarTech stack that I'm not thinking of? Is it purely just making sure that as much as being automated is happening and making sure that the data is flowing effectively?
3: Yeah, there's also gaps in strategy. So I do agree that the two things that you identified are the most common two gaps. But in some cases, there are things that you should be doing that there is nothing happening. So a good example of that is website conversion. Everybody has forms on their website. The effectiveness of forms now is debatable. So in some cases where there is not a strong website conversion strategy, you may need a chatbot type technology. And that's just one example of course, but that is something that it's not that you have a manual process in place for it. It's not necessarily about data flow in your strategy. There is an actual gap of we don't have a strong strategy for website conversions. We may need additional technology to augment that. And so in my example, a chatbot would be something there. You know, I also see contact acquisition in being able to drive net new contacts into the database is often a big gap. That's where a lot of people are starting to look at intent data providers because in many cases, they are able to supply net new contacts or systems like Integrate that are bringing in different content syndication providers in order to drive net new So the gaps in the strategy where a technology is not there to offer up capabilities that you don't currently have is the third gap that you do have to consider.
2: And there's a flip side to the coin as well. When you're evaluating your MarTech stack, often there are two systems of record that are doing relatively the same thing. How do you think about stopping Stack Bloat?
3: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why when we talked yesterday about the cataloging, the technology, I mentioned that you need to include those keywords of what functionality you're actually using, because you're not just identifying the gaps. We do need to also identify the overlaps. And we see that a lot. Social media is one of the common ones where there's three tools that can schedule social media posts One acquired by the social media team, one acquired by the content team, and nobody even realizes that they have all of these functionalities. So you do have to look at that as well, because in some cases, a platform approach makes more sense where you have one technology that can do a lot of things. That's assuming that it can do all of those things well. And then in some cases, it is better to have smaller technologies that do one thing exceptionally well and integrate them. But you don't want to be paying for multiple technologies that do the exact same thing. And even worse than paying for them is you don't want different groups doing the same thing in different systems because, you know, there's lots of ways that things can fall through the cracks and lots of negative things that can come out of doing the same thing different ways.
2: So when you identify that you have Stack Bloat, obviously you're going to pick one tool or the other and hopefully teach your team to use the same system. When you identify that there isn't a system of record and there is a need, time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. How do you decide whether you should fill that gap with manual processes, right, with labor in your workforce, or actually work on building an automated process?
3: I think it comes down to value. In some cases, the question is not, can we? It is, should we? We've had clients that have come to us and wanted us to build automated processes for them that were a lot of work and involved a lot of groups and a lot of changes, And the benefit on the back end did not support the level of effort to remove minor manual process. So you really do have to not get stuck on, we got to have a technology to do every single thing. You have to make sure that there is real value. If we are doing all these crazy things to get all these different systems to do this, that, and the other, and all that it's going to prevent is someone from manually pushing a button to run a report, like that's not necessarily worth it. So you do have to think about the value of the work that you're doing and the level of effort in terms of manual process. Like, is this really cumbersome and repetitive and the person that has to do it really should be focused on something else? Or is this just something that's kind of a part of the job and not a big deal? You
2: know, even at the smallest companies, when I started the MarTech podcast in my consulting practice, a lot of what I was doing was figuring out what our processes should be. And obviously, as a party of one, I'm doing everything manually. I was recording my own content. I was serving as my own editor. I was publishing our content. I was promoting our content. And that's still our workflow today. The thing that I've done over time that has helped me feel comfortable and make me feel like we're on the right track with our MarTech stack is we spent time to sit down. We're not doing the type of cataloging that you're doing for the enterprise clients that Tegrita works with, but we sat down and looked at what our most manual time-consuming processes are. And started to figure out how to document what they are and either automate them or hand them off to somebody who can execute them just as well, but with less expensive labor. And to me, there's an important distinction here where your MarTech stack is going to solve your most technical challenges. It might not always be solving your most labor-intensive challenges. You might still need to rely on people To do some of that work, it doesn't mean that you personally have to do it. There's always the notion of blending your workforce to fill some of the gaps in your functionality and continue to execute, even if it requires you to do some manual processes. Last question I have for you, how do you think about blending where MarTech should be working and where you should be thinking about something like outsourcing or using people to execute manual tasks?
3: Again, it comes down to value because there are certain things that your internal people are going to be best at. Thinking about the strategy, really focusing on revenue and the business growth, like you hire really smart people for a reason. So you want to give them the capacity to be amazing and to do the things that are going to help your business grow and to help them operate efficiently. So where we see the biggest opportunities to outsource and the way that a lot of our clients leverage us is being able to outsource some of those tasks that are either A, repetitive, B, a high volume that make it impossible for your internal people to focus on the things that really matter. And so when you take those things off of their plate, they no longer are chasing what's in front of them. They can focus on the things that really matter and you hand off the things that are the squeaky wheel that have to get done. And then the other benefit from that is when you're outsourcing, if you're outsourcing to the right kind of partner, you also have another set of expertise to add value to your strategy, to help those internal people to think through and bounce ideas So, you really get the best of both worlds in being able to allow your people to focus on what they are amazing at and outsource the rest.
2: At the end of the day, it's always going to be a blend of people and technology that are going to help you grow your revenue. And there are times where you're going to need manual processes to continue and you're going to need to scale them. And then there's going to be times when you're going to need to implement new MarTech technologies. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow, going through the process of deciding on which technologies you should be using. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Brandy Starr and Mike Geller, COO and president and CTO of Tegrita for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Mike, Brandy, and Tegrita's tips for driving revenue growth, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss how to choose the right MarTech functionality. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Mike or Brandy, you can find a link to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes. You can contact them on Twitter. Their handle is Tegrita Group, T-E-G-R-I-T-A, G-R-O-U-P. Or you could visit their company's website, which is tegrita.com, T-E-G-R-I-T-A.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once-a-week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.